Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. A same-sex marriage bill is pending in the United States Senate and could be voted on at any moment. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead to talk about this important issue. Well, the U.S. House passed a so-called same-sex marriage bill called the Respect for Marriage Act. It is H.R. 8404. It's now pending in the United States Senate. Unbelievably, there were 47 Republicans in the House that actually voted in favor of this bill, some of whom actually said before that they were opposed to same-sex marriage. Now the vote in the United States Senate is going to require at least 60 to overcome the filibuster rule and they already have about four, possibly even five Republicans. So this will be a very close vote in the United States Senate. I encourage you to go to lc.org and find the press release or find the email in which we talk about this issue where you can send faxes and petitions and make your voice known to the senators' time is of the essence. Holly, this is called the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. That is a huge, ironic euphemism to say Respect right. for Marriage Act. I mean, who created marriage in the beginning? Well, it's not a Respect for Marriage Act, and obviously this goes against God's natural design for marriage right. between the union of a man and a woman. And not two men or two women or two men and one man or more than Well, here's couples. let's look at some of this issue. Uh, first, this would codify the unconstitutional ruling 5-4 decision of Obergefell versus Hodges in 2015. It would codify it as a federal law regarding same-sex marriage. Right. That decision is hanging by a spider web, a thin strand, frankly, even less strong than a spider web uh, strand. It is very, very tenuous. Why? Chief Justice John Roberts issued a strong dissent saying that this has nothing to do with the Constitution. He referred to the five judges or justices, not as justices, not as the majority, but as lawyers that imposed their will, not a legal decision. And he actually concluded his dissent by saying the Constitution has nothing to do with this decision in 2015. That's a very strong dissent by the right. Chief Justice. Two of the individuals that were in the five majority are no longer there, Ginsburg and Kennedy. So now they only have three left. Breyer's not there, but he's been replaced by someone who would likely vote the same way. Right. So they only have three votes that you could count on in the United States Supreme Court to rule the same way. And then didn't Justice Clarence Thomas elude to overturning this uh, Obergefell in the recent Dobbs decision, He too, did. He, he did uh, refer to that. And mm -hmm. so you have Thomas, you have Roberts, you have Alito. Those were on the bench there. So you've right. got three that were dissenters, uh, one that just recently referred to this needs to also be reconsidered, and that's Thomas. And obviously you have three new justices since right. you had this decision in 2015. Second, the fact is that why would you codify this particular same-sex marriage when it's about to be overruled? I believe, as I predicted with Roe, that it would be overruled. This, too, mm -hmm. will be overruled. Why? 
Do I believe that? Because it is on no constitutional ground at all. It is on sand, and that will ultimately be eroded, and it's already been eroded. So secondly, this particular bill is bigger than just same-sex marriage. Currently, it says that it applies to any, quote, marriage between two, the number two, individuals, close quote. That's improper grammar from the beginning anyway. Why would they put just the number two there and not TWO parentheses, two, close parentheses? All you have to do is take a look at what would be involved here mm -hmm. before we get to point three. Number two, this is broader than same-sex marriage. It involves any marriage between, at this point, two individuals, whether they're in a state, a territory, or a possession of the United States government. That's neither a state nor a territory, but a possession. Perhaps Gitmo is a possession. It's not a state. It's not a territory. So if there's any marriage between two individuals, no matter who those two individuals may be, in a state, a territory, or a possession of the United States, then that particular state, territory, or possession can dictate the marriage policy for the other 49 states and territories. So, for example, if a father wants to marry his son, a father wants to marry his daughter, a mother wants to marry her daughter, a mother wants to marry her son, that would be required to be acknowledged and given full wow. faith and credit in every other state, territory, and possession. What about those unions of more than two people? Does this open the door for that? Only in this respect, at this stage, it says a marriage between two individuals. It doesn't say that marriage is only the union between two individuals. So you can have two people in California that have an incestuous marriage, two people in the District of Columbia that have some kind of uh, age disparity marriage between an adult and a seven-year-old, and those uh, individuals can then come together and marry in a third state. Those would be between two individuals. The law does not limit it to marriage between only two individuals. It just says a marriage between two individuals. You could have two sets of individuals. You could have a man, for example, that's married in California and a man, same man who's married now in Florida, and those both have to be recognized. That means that essentially what you have created is polygamy. And you know, the found, I mean, God created the foundation of our culture on marriage. And this is totally an act to destroy that. It is. Satan is after the family. And let me talk about that in just a few moments because I think the third point, not only first, why would you codify a Burgerfell when I believe it will soon be overruled? Second, this is broader than same-sex marriage. It goes to many other kinds of relationships that somebody might deem to be a marriage in any state, territory, or possession. And third, it's very odd that they put the number two there. I mean, if you have like one through nine, you typically write it out. If you have 10 or 11, you can use the number. Why would they use the number two without even spelling out the number two, notwithstanding that grammatical issue? The fact is, all you have to do is amend this law by a little tiny strike through the letter two, the number mm -hmm. two. And there you have a marriage between individuals. That then clearly opens it up for polygamy 
and polyamory. Polyamory is like your neighborhood gets married, your group gets married. You could have three men and four women or however combination you want. Uh, you could have all those people getting married with multiple parents over this one particular child, and then you have a domestic dispute. You imagine what that would ultimately be. The people who want to push this agenda, they want to deconstruct the very fundamental concept of marriage. And marriage is not just a Judeo-Christian concept. It's a natural law concept. Marriage is not just held by Judeo-Christian theology and history. It is something that is part of the natural, observable, objective reality that God designed. You don't have to have religion of any sort. You don't have to have a geography or a particular history of any sort to understand that men and women have complementary natures, and from that union come a child that is born and raised within that union. Marriage is part of the natural law. It transcends geography and time and space and political boundaries and possessions. And it is part of God's natural creation. Obviously, children do best when they are raised in an environment with a mother and a father. And when you have same-sex marriage, for example, what you do is you not only permanently deprive that child of one of the genders, male or female, but you put a negative spin on the absent gender. In other words, two men would have a different view of the missing male two men would have a different view of the missing female right. than, for example, single parenting would have with regards to the missing gender that might be not there in that particular relationship. So it permanently deprives children of the optimal environment, but then puts a negative spin on the missing gender and skews that missing gender. And you can talk to children, adults now, and even people who are in these relationships about that fact. Uh, it's not something that I'm making up from my particular viewpoint. It's something that they actually have said, that they have lost something in that growing up time period. So this is very critical. Nothing has changed except for some of these people's minds. God's design hasn't changed. Nature hasn't changed. The fact hasn't changed that a burger fell is on wheat ground. The fact hasn't changed that this could deconstruct all marriage. Go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. Find our statements, our emails on this issue, and let your voice be heard to these United States senators. Time is of the essence. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.